August the 13th, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Fringe, uh, Grouchy Club podcast, uh, Kate Copstick here, which is the one who's coughing worse than me, and John Fleming, uh, 13th, unlucky for some, 13th of August. Absolutely. Uh, uh, how, um, how's your health? What was that? Oh, sorry, I just, that was <laughs> He twanged. That was me twanging my... Too much information. It's, a, it's okay. kind of a sports bry thing, but sometimes it gets a bit clagged up under my tits, and you've got to kind of... Do that. There's an entire Edinburgh act in there somewhere. Uh, how, how's your health, dude? Because you had bad health last time. You were coughing. I was coughing. Well, I'm not coughing as much. Uh, oh, yes, she is. I, ha- I had an hilarious day. It's, you know, sometimes you're wandering around and you think, if people only knew the secret that I am carrying, and people are just wandering past me like... I never think that. Well, I spent a day and a half, for various reasons... Uh, wandering around Edinburgh carrying my own stool sample. Stool sample? Stool, yeah, just, well, it wasn't... Just, just the one? Oh, you're joking. It was completely liquid. Um, it's, uh, Welcome to the comedy podcast. She's, she's trying again. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I, <coughs> I collected it in Brooks Bar Loo and then realised... It was yours, was it? It was mine. Oh, yeah. um, and that was... Hilarious on its own. Oh, don't, don't I Because when you don't when I you've know, got indeed. when you've got just rap, unstoppable diarrhoea, I mean you're t- kind of taking your life in your hands trying to collect a sample. Well, not literally, I hope. Well, no, but it's like you know, it's like trying to get a cup of water out of the Niagara Falls. I never thought that. Anyway, but, but stools. I've, I've, I've had to collect stools, but not not liquid ones. It has to be said. It must be more difficult. And um, also, men are more directional. The girls, probably. Well, exactly. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. so rolled up. Anyway, so picture will be posted online later. For various reasons, I couldn't get the sample back to the doctors in time, so I had to carry it. All of the the shows that I reviewed that night, I had a a stool sample secreted about my person, and they never knew. Is this a, I'm sorry, it's irrelevant. I think this is an R.D. Lang, if that's how it's pronounced, a piece I read once about how uh, <coughs> some monster was born in the hospital and they had to carry it around for a bit. Monstrous child. Died, really? Died. All children are monstrous, John. Indeed. And, and indeed women, the monstrous regiment. Yeah, indeed. A classical reference. It's, it's nothing personal. Anyway, Edinburgh Fringe, comedy. <coughs> <coughs> so it is getting better. Comedy and coughs. Uh, anything, uh, you had an x-ray. Should we mention this? Oh, I had an... Well, because <coughs> of the cough... This might be her last fringe. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, because of the cough, I went to... We could crowdfund your last fringe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It isn't the cough that carries you off, it's the coffin that carry you off in. <laughs> nanu, nanu. You. Don't let me interrupt. Um, yeah, so I had to have a... I had a chest, ex- chest x-ray. It's, it's, I, I tell you... Yours? The... Um, no, uh, I just... Uh, the medical care up here is unbelievable. In Edinburgh, of course, it's Scotland. It's just incredible. Oh, we're not so, even I mean, in the Highlands. I mean, I've had a blood test, stool sample, as mentioned, uh, three consultations with the doctor and a chest x-ray. And that's in, like, a week, because I'm a rampant hypochondriac. And in London, it would have taken what? Oh, that would have taken about six months in London. Uh, so, anyway, the, there's a... What they call, this is, you know, they, they call it an opacity. Oh, what's an opacity? Well, I think it's what used to be called a shadow on my lung. So they're going to see if the antibiotics help it, and if they don't, then I'll panic and start making a will. Better than the Cliff Richard on your lung. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, we should uh, we should perhaps stockpile a lot of podcasts. Yes. Mm. So, John... Yeah, but, you, but you can't die until next September, because that's when the, the, the final um, Malcolm ah, Award show happens. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hang on until then. Good, good, good. So, uh, talking of which... What have you seen that might be nominated for a Malcolm Hardy Award? It's grimacing, ladies and gentlemen, or lady and gen- well, person in Guatemala, uh, because he specifically told me not to ask him that. Because I don't remember. Because uh, I was asked uh, the other month, though, who, who the previous winners were, and could I think of any of them? No, no. What I've noticed is that most of the the shows that, I, uh, that I've gone to that I thought, yes, it's a Malcolm Hardy Award winner, is already a Malcolm Hardy Award winner. Brunstrom this year... This is worrying. ...is yeah, yeah. brilliant. I also, I met Brunstrom in the street, and this is my, um, uh, Michael Brunstrom, yep. uh, and uh, he said that his audiences were down this year, possibly as a result of being a Malcolm Hardy Award winner. Because the List, apparently, the List magazine in Glasgow, uh, wrote a review of him saying something like, he, he won the Malcolm Hardy Award for comic originality last year. Make your, mind, you make your mind up if this is the sort of show you want to watch on this basis. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Bastards. I paraphrase. But uh, Bastards. But, but fair, fair, but fair, I think. Fair the list, fair. Glasgow, what the fuck do they know? Um, but Brunstrom's on fire, the Haywain. Well, not literally. Um, not literally. I think it's also his last show today. But apparently, uh, yeah. yeah, then Norman Lovett is doing a show in the same slot, in the same venue, when Brunstrom goes. I wish Brunstrom would stay. The show's wonderful. It is. Uh, you think Candy Gigi is... Yes, well, Candy Gigi. You, you saw a preview. I saw a preview. Proper, I proper played show. her mother and with saggy tits. Well, in, in, well in, in the actual show, they have to have a costume. But obviously, when you did it, you didn't have the costume. Thank you, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me read I played her mother in a costume with saggy tits. What sort of costume was it, then? It was a costume with saggy tits, ah, John. Ah, I misunderstood. And, um, yes. yeah, but you were, you were completely... I think... She's wonderful. I think I finally worked out what it is. You just like pasty-faced women with dark hair and big, dark eyes. That's no way to, you talk, like, no way to talk of Scott Avenue. You are just in love to Jewish princesses. Pasty-faced women... Ariane Shireen. Pasty face. And she's, she's got really pale skin. Very <laughs> pale. Very can, pale skin. Can, black hair. Can, big dark eyes. Can, can I, same as Candy Gigi. Can, can I just point out... Dave, That's your type. Can I just point out, dear listener, in, in Guatemala, that uh, Ariane is uh, of Indian origin. Uh, well, Parsi origin. Uh, and therefore hasn't totally got pale skin. No, but and, she's... And, and uh, Candy Gigi doesn't make a point in her show of saying she might be Eastern Mediterranean because she is Jewish. And yeah, but is it all kind of no that... No one's pasty, you're that pasty. Kind of, that kind of it's me, pale, me. big, dark eyes, black hair. That's your type, John. That's your type. I want to go back to the pasty skin thing. Which is Anyone else who fancies no. getting nominated for a Malcolm Hardy Award, find a... find a... a pale, dark-haired, big, doughy-eyed female... And give them a poem to read, and Fleming will be right there, gibbering in appreciation. I still think Scott Aggie might be in with a chance on this definition. Do you? I do. He keeps meeting me in street corners. What Don't about the Malcolm Hardy Award? Well, uh, well, actually, I, actually, I do recommend Scott Aggie's show because it has a it has a Juliet Burton esque uh, twist about ten minutes from the end, and you think, fucking hell. Uh, what? It turns out he's ah, anorexic. It could be. It's not that. We're not going to say what it is. Uh, Bulimic. But it, no. Uh, but it, anyway, so body dysmorphic. I, I mentioned in last Saturday. This is Saturday we're recording. It felt I, a bit peaky. I mentioned in 
Glicked. Eventually, not last, happy in himself. Last Saturday's blog, which I've only just written this Saturday. But, Worried uh, about the word in general. Last year, I, I kept bumping into uh, Cassie uh, Atkinson. Uh, Who? Cassie Atkinson, uh, comic of this, this parish. Every corner we turned, we bumped into each other. This year, I've only seen her once. This year, it's uh, Jos Norris. I keep going to shows with Jos Norris by accident. I go into a show, Jos Norris is there. And uh, every, every corner I turn, Scott Agnew's there. This has nothing to do with anything. Guatemala, no, I've just fallen asleep. Guatemala's not interested. Well, this is what happens. What do you mean Guatemala's not interested? I'm not interested, John. I, 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 we, have got, we have got an audience. Lawrence, well, I was going to say Lawrence Stern. He doesn't, Lawrence Stern doesn't listen to our, our podcast. No. No. Back to the Malcolm Hardy Awards. You think Lawrence Owen is fabulous this year. He won an award last year. Well, sadly, Lawrence, I don't think you can win again this year. Because he won, he won the most likely to win a million quid award last year. Yeah. And as nothing's changed this year, I don't think we can award it. To him twice. No, no, no. But I mean, you said he was even better this year. Oh, he's brilliant. Well, because last year it was just a wonderful collection of songs, and this year it's actually you could actually just take it straight to the West End or Broadway or. Uh, I've got. To, I think I'm going to try and see him today. I think you should. Because if I don't see him today, then he's going to clash with the Grouchy Club. Oh, which the, starts on Monday. The Grouchy Club. What is the Grouchy Club? The Grouchy Club. As I've just. I don't know, our, our famous spreading journal, <coughs> I've just been talking to Penny Smith on talk radio about the Grouchy Club. Did she used to do morning television? Well, it's you. Yes, she did. Uh, well, a bit of a, a bit of a party girl, Penny Smith. I liked her. Oh, oh, more. Uh, well, mm, can't what, remember anymore. What, what sort of party? Small intimate parties? Liberal parties? Something like that? Small intimate parties. Liberal party. <laughs> um, you tell me what the Grouchy Club is. It was your idea. Well, originally the Grouchy Club idea was that I wouldn't have to do any work and I could do a show. Originally the idea was that at the start of all comedians' acts, they sort of get to know the audience. They say, oh, hello, how are you? What do you do? What's your name? Uh, that's interesting. Have a little chat. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. I hate it when comics do that. No, you Sorry. don't. No, you don't. Cause Lou, yes, I do. Because Lou Schaefer's entire shows are made up of that. He never actually starts the show. He just yes, does Yes, but uh, Lewis Schaefer's <coughs> not right in the head. And, and, then I th- and, I, and then I thought, well, what if you'd actually did an entire show? Just that you just talk to the audience and the act. Because I did uh, game. That's for, Adam Hills you're talking about now. No, game, game for a laugh, which I did on television. The the, the, the line was, uh, "We'll be watching you, watching us, watching you." And I thought, well, the audience is as, as interesting as some of the acts in Edinburgh. So we'd have a show in which we just talk to the audience, and I was taught who shall do. You do can it with talk me. to the audience, learn their languages. Doctor Doolittle, John. Indeed, uh, and I thought, who's the perfect person to do it with? And I thought Lewis Shaper because it's his entire yep. act. Yep. And Lewis Shaper dithered around so much, he couldn't make up his bleeding mind whether he was doing it or not. The deadline was approaching. I thought, who's second best? I thought. Yep. I thought, Copstick. I'll go for Copstick because Copstick will give me some, some credibility and she'll do all the talking and I won't have to do anything. Uh, Excellent. And, so and, and, I'm and, second best to in, Lewis Shaper. Indeed. And so, so because you were on, it turned from just talking to the general audience to talking specifically, more, more specifically, to comedians and, and performers. So basically what it is now is we don't care a, a, a jot about the punters, although if they come in, that's all very well. Well, we and, like them. And, and the idea is that you get interesting people coming in to plug their shows to the doyen, the doyen of yeah. Edinburgh, Edinburgh viewers, you, and the Boswell of alternative comedy, me. You. And, yeah. and they can plug their shows to their heart's content, and also they'll be terribly interesting. And uh, occasionally they might even do little performances, ten minutes or so. We've had some, we had some fantastic grouchy clubs, I think. We We've have. Had... Because usually it, turn, it turns... It depends usually we end up talking about sex. Yeah, well, the very thing... To I be was, fair. The very thing I, I was about to say, except you're wrong on, on one word there, we. I we. think you're wrong on you. You are constantly... All right, me. Yeah, yeah. I usually yeah, end up yeah, talking yeah, about sex. Yeah. Uh, and, and sex in Kenya, sex in London, And, and you, you just Edinburgh. sit there as a kind of... 
Voyeur. Voyeur. Yeah. Audio voyeur. Yeah, in fact, although, yeah, there's not I, much to voy. I'm, I'm an oral voyeur, A-U-R, oral voyeur. We're not getting anywhere. What, what no, we're shows, not. What we're shows are you going to recommend? I, I, I like Candy Gigi's wonderful. Lawrence Owen's brilliant. Uh, Matt Price last night was absolutely wonderful, and I did think, have I ever seen a Matt Price, Matt, Matt Price do his own show? And I don't think I have. He, now, never, he never starts a show, he just rambles, and it's wonderful. No, I thought... I mean, uh, and I, Ma- Margaret Thatcher's wonderful as well, and it's a totally new show to last year. Uh, I, you're not going to get in, but uh, Richard Gadd's show this year... I'm going to Richard Gadd today, I think. Oh, well, you've got to, you've got to queue up, you've got to go at 8.30 yeah. and get a ticket. You get a raffle ticket from the bar. Yeah. And if you don't get a raffle ticket from the bar... Then you don't get it. 8.30, it shows at 9.45. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's how popular he is, and rightly so. Tell you what irritated me about Gad's show. Something irritated Nothing you. to do, I know, nothing to do with the show. But I was standing in the queue, in the pouring rain and the cold, clutching my raffle ticket, which I'd gone to get earlier. And a gaggle of... People from various sort of press offices and PR type people. That's the collective noun, is it? Uh, uh, a giggle. A self obsession? No, 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 no. That's very unfair. Uh, but a gaggle of girlies from <coughs> from press offices and whatnot arrived and got whisked right in. They didn't have tickets. They hadn't queued up. They arrived whisked in with the result that at least sort of eight people with tickets didn't have seats. Now, I'm quite sure Gad had nothing to do with this. Uh, I understand promoters, PRs, whatever. You want, you know, important people to see your boy. I understand that you're going to bump a real person to get Nika Burns to see... Your show. Who you run, know, people from the... Who runs the Edinburgh Awards. People from the Edinburgh Awards. Uh, somebody who could give me his own television series. But half a dozen girlies on a night off from a press office somewhere else on the fringe. Fuck them. They can bloody queue up, get their own ticket. You know, and, and they're, they're, they're nothing. They're office workers. And there were proper people who really wanted to see Gad, who'd gone, got the ticket, queued up in the rain. And then, uh, you you know, because I was one of the eight, and you get to the the kind of rope. It's in the Banshee Labyrinth cinema room, so it's not huge. It's tiny. And then it's like, oh, no, we've only got uh, five more seats. You go, because there's some bloody over-made-up Girly sat in a seat that should be for a real punter, a real fan, a real person. It, it, it's not that VIP list. You want a VIP list, don't go on the fucking free fringe. The free fringe is not a place for VIP list. The whole fucking point of the free fringe is it, it's free for all, come along. You don't get to do a VIP list on the free fringe, number one. You know, number two, if you've got a VIP list, clue is in the title, VIP, not your mates who happen to be working in offices around the place, and especially not when you've got a brilliant, brilliant five, six, seven-star show from a brilliant comic who's, this is his year, this is the best show he's ever done by a mile, 
Hello, and, Richard. And he's got a, 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 he's built up a big following. And there are people, there are people who want to see the show. There are people who need to see the show and should see this show. And they are not working in bloody press offices and whatnot in 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 main venues. So clue is themselves to what VIP, not my mates. So you you were bumped from the show. You couldn't get in. Uh, I I sat on the stairs. I became for that hour a fire hazard. I've been many things in my life, but I became a fire. And the show is extraordinary and brilliant and wonderful. And don't stop people seeing it so you can get your mates in to giggle. It's just, it's, you know, it's anti-everything that the free fringe is about. I, I, I was so angry. Not, you know, not because I was bumped. That, you know, whatever. I'm, I... That is the free fringe. <coughs> you know, I've been to see quite... I've gone to quite a lot of shows, not been able to get in. I thought, I'll come back another day. That's the free fringe. Now, as I say, Nika Burns is there, or head of making offbeat but brilliant and hopefully popular programmes for some TV channel comes along. Lovely. But j- not just mates. It, it is, it's totally against... The, the ethos of the free fridge. Stop it! You're getting more mellow in your old age. Right? I am. Yeah. I am. It's because yeah. I'm not well, John. Are you, are you not well? I don't have the energy for a rant. <laughs> what? Someone, a monologue. Someone said you, on, on this podcast you do monologues, don't you? Monologues, yeah. So I just sit here and you do monologues. Um, you're, you're also, I heard you on the phone to Daddy Copstick earlier on. Yes. You're having a go at the poor old Edinburgh University, sweet people who give, uh, give freely of their time in their buildings to... Uh, Edinburgh University give freely of nothing, John. Freely that? of nothing. Uh, I mean, more than half, way more than half of the... The venues and the accommodation in Edinburgh, over the fringe, are owned by Edinburgh University. Accommodation, really? Yeah, all the student accommodation up at the halls of residence and everything. And um, the, you know, the like the Gilded Balloon, the Pleasance, Edinburgh University take the bar takings. You know, it's Ed and Charlie run their own in, at the underbelly. At the underbelly, run their own bars, and they, you know, they've built that up, and they're. Fucking amazing businessmen, amazing businessmen. But, you know, Karen and uh, Anthony at the Pleasance don't have that option. And Karen at Gilded. Uh, Because people criticise the Big Four for making enormous amounts of money out of renting the venues to them at at outrageous sums of money and taking the bar takings. They think they're making enormous amounts of money on the bar takings. And the the people that that people should be moaning at are Edinburgh University. Mm. They're absolute yeah. arseholes. Also, they... Um, because presumably also, I mean, if, if the venue hire for the big four is high, that's because the venue hire that the big four are paying to the university. Of course, they pay a fortune to the yeah. bloody university. Yeah. A and, fortune. And they presumably they're almost tied there, because I mean, the Gilded Balloon has to be in TV, because it's been there for years, and the Pleasance yeah. Courtyard has to be in the Pleasance Courtyard. It couldn't move without damaging yeah. itself massively. And, and, you know, even given that they're paying the university shitloads of money... Um, there was a the, the university want the right to continue to do a certain amount of university work in some of those buildings, like uh, Pleasance Courtyard. They've still got university stuff going on and some bits and bobs. And I remember uh, talking to uh, a certain person who shall be nameless, but he does a big kind of compilation show uh, where he enough enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, big compilation show with all kinds of acts from all over the fringe. <coughs> and he was in uh, a venue at, um, uh, at Pleasant's Courtyard. And they ended up, there was a flamenco troupe they had on who had to perform on a carpet. <laughs> and then, and eventually, they had to perform in their stocking soles. This is so they didn't annoy On any, a carpet. So they didn't annoy, so they didn't annoy the office workers below. You know, I really, um, it can only be, it could only happen if everyone did it. But if everyone just went, fuck you and your money grabbing ways to Edinburgh University, you know, then, you know, they might, I don't know what they might do, but. But it's impractical. Edinburgh University appears to own half of the city. Yes, it does. <laughs> and all, it all does. the main squares. I don't, it, it, they're, they're like the mafia here, basically, John. Uh, 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 assembly is now in George Square, and I've never in the middle of George Square. It's all uh, fringe, and I've never quite understood who owns that. Whether the city council owns it, I don't know. But you know, assembly, yeah. So uh, because Bill Burdett Coots also all the the bars and everything, yeah. and it, it's. Um, I I just think it's. It's really unfair, and it does give the big four a bit of a bad name. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, they don't go home in September exactly short of a bob or two. But it, the big winner in all of it is Edinburgh University. Well, I, th- I think, I, I suppose we should name Karen. Karen Corrin of the Gilded Balloon. I think she's stupid to put on her own show. She, she finances some of her own shows. I know. And, and I, because if you're actually a venue runner, you can't lose money because you know how much it's going to cost for yeah. last year and you can't possibly lose money on it. But if you put on your own shows... I know, but that's what's wonderful about Karen. Yes, I mean, she'll, she'll yeah. put yeah. Uh, her might and, you know, she'll put her money where her mouth is. She will go on a gut reaction and go, no, I think you are great. I think you should be doing a uh, show at the Fringe and if nobody else will produce you, I will produce you. She gives, she can give people great deals if she really believes in the show uh, and, you know, she has start so many big comics around or their start to Karen Corrin and then they fuck off yeah. because comedians aren't very nice people. There was a pause there where I was going to gain yep. say that, but I won't. Yep. Yep. Uh, and also, Karen, you're terrible taking over the county house, but you are wonderful, and uh, she's done wonders for the fringe. No, she's done absolutely and, wonders and, and for career, the fringe. And like you say, careers. Uh, she's yeah, I'm careers. so, so many people. I've have... never seen Matilda, but... No, no well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Tim Minchin should be here every year just doing a benefit for... Because... I remember when he came to the fringe. Well, the first time I saw him, he, he appeared to be working as a, 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 in a corner doing stuff for the, the, the press office. I don't think he was doing his own stuff. She might have been paying him to do some stuff in the corner. Well, she, I remember uh, one year in the pouring rain, met Karen out trying to paper the house, trying to give away tickets for Tim's show. Oh, really? And uh, she stopped me. And she really... She herself. She herself. Yeah. She was so... Oh, you know, maybe it's uh, over-dramatising it to say close to tears. And she went, please, please, please. She had gone, she had been in Australia. She had found him. She had brought him over here. And because of the, the, the way his act is, he's completely unknown. You know, he looks like a reject extra from Beetlejuice at the best of times. Um, and... He needed, you know, grand piano, all of that. So 
unknown, looks a little reject extra from Beetlejuice, unknown, did I mention completely unknown? Difficult act to sell. Difficult act to sell yeah. and unknown. Uh, and she had him in the debating hall because it was kind of the only place. Which is a, and, a big one. And it's like 800 seats. And she had hired him a, a white concert grand piano. And uh, then, of course, it, he was, you know, unsaleable. And um, so she was, as I say, I saw her out trying to give away tickets. And she stopped me. She said, please, please, will you come see this show, see this guy? And I'm like, oh, what is it? It's like, mm. Yeah. Music. I thought I thought he sounded like Bill Bailey Monkey, and um, she. I said, "Look, he's not on my list, and my list is fixed." Uh, so by, by the Scotsman. By the Scotsman. So she went, "Oh, please, 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 please come, please come, please come." So I said, "Okay, okay, okay. Tell you what, I'll come because that it was the show was just about to start, and I sat in uh, the debating hall, eight hundred seats." with about 20 people, almost all of whom had got their ticket for free. And it was, it was fabulous. Hmm. It was weird, but it was fabulous. And um, his show's a little bit different then from the way it's become now. He's an international super megastar. So I phoned up the Scotsman and I just said, look, um, just seen this guy, Tim Minchin. <coughs> uh, I know he's not on my list, but... You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a four-star review. I would like to write a four-star review. Uh, please, can you add him to my list? Because either we can review him now, which is like the first day of the Fringe, and be the first paper that went, ooh, Tim Minchin. Or we can play catch-up when he gets nominated for whichever one, because he was eligible for a newcomer. And all. So, uh, God bless the Scotsman. They said yes, they ran it. And, um, you know, people started going and more reviewers started going. And all the reviews, of course, were rave reviews. Uh, but Karen could have, you know, lost everything. Everything. Well, when you say his act was different, he was still like a, uh, an, intelli still, an intelligent lyricist. Uh, it, there was um, little, 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 little bits of stand-up. There was some very physical stuff. Uh, and then there was the songs and the the piano and you you know you, you have to remember or you have to imagine most people the first time they saw Pim, Tim Minchin they already knew about Tim Minchin you know what I mean they already sorry, yes. what I, I swear you said Pim Minchin sorry carry on just a little joke with myself carry on honestly see what I have to put up with most people you know very quickly when they first saw Tim, they kind of knew about him. Yeah. To see Tim mention cold with no... It was like, whoa. Has nobody ever thought of giving him a hairbrush? Uh, so there was this crazy looking <coughs> guy. And... But, but brilliant. But you weren't quite sure how to describe the brilliance. Um, it, it, was, it was fabulous. And it's thrilling. It's, it's one of the things that's thrilling... Uh, at the fringe, if you just go out of your comfort zone a bit, you can, you still can, you know, see people who then go on to become huge. Mm. 